0: From the latest happenings on the Diamond. Still
1: getting on base a lot with walks. We have not seen the power um, as much as we have, but he's having really good at bat. To
0: all the insight and expertise on things outside the ballpark.
1: I mean, yeah, a charcuterie board is just like, you know, peak bougie. Let's just be honest, right? Like, if you really think about the concepts, like, you're just throwing some meat and cheese on a, on a plate.
0: We only turn to one person batter up it's Sophia Minert on Jen Gabe and Chewy brought to you by Ewald Automotive shop the Ewald Automotive Group's exclusive best used car selection of over 600 of your favorite cars trucks and SUVs visit any of their eight locations or shop online at ewaldauto.com Ewald Automotive where we make it easy
2: You cannot have enough Sophia Minert in your life. We are lucky to have her each and every Wednesday here on Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. Good morning, Sophia. I know you got an
1: early day out at the ballpark.
2: How are you doing this morning?
1: Doing great. Got some coffee going, getting ready for the game. So, yeah, it's an early start. Noon, uh, noon kickoff today. Brewers
2: lost last night to the Braves 3 nothing. I'm told they don't trust me to know the scores <laughs> off the top of my head. Now they make sure that I – because I got it wrong yesterday. I just guessed and – I got it wrong. So anyway, um, we are here with Justin McCoy from Cousin Subs as well, and I want to get both of your guys' uh, impressions about this. Um, Justin and Sophia, Justin McCoy from Cousin Subs, Sophia Minert from Bally Sports, Wisconsin. Sophia, I'll start with you. Now that the Bucks are out of the postseason, who are we supposed to root for? Is it the Mavericks? Is it the Heat? Oh. Is it the Celtics? Or is it the Warriors? What does your gut tell you?
1: Uh, well, Jen, I feel like we got to stick with our Marquette people, right? Do we stick with Jimmy Butler? Is that, are we allowed to do that?
2: You're absolutely allowed to do that. Gabe has a real issue with yeah. heat culture,
3: right? Heat culture, heat culture. All you better hear Their culture's better than yours. <laughs> heat culture, heat culture. No, I just am beat down with the GD heat culture.
2: Justin, what about you?
0: I'm cheering for the Brewers and watching Packers. <laughs> <awesome> <laughs> <workouts>. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> I thought
2: Sophia would have taken that option Seriously, though? Were you not watch funny. any more of the NBA playoffs? Uh,
0: so I did not watch less. I'll probably watch the finals. I would say, um, as much as it pains me, Golden State. A few years ago with Durant-led Warriors, I would have said the opposite. But uh, I think Golden State is who I'd be cheering for now. Oh, Two Milwaukee kids on the team. That's tough. Uh, Sophia, if nationally... Players and coaches were going to rank managers in a power ranking. Would Council be in top five, top ten? Where would he be in the line of um, some of the best managers I, in the in the league?
1: I think he'd be top three. Honestly, uh, he's you know he's been in the running for National League Manager of the Year the last couple of years, and it's. It feels like it was like Lorenzo Cain with the Gold Glove. He just couldn't break through. Um, But I I still feel like he's extremely deserving. He's lost to um, Mike Schilt, who was the former manager of the Cardinals. He's lost to Brian Snicker last year. Um, But I think, you know, across the league, he's. Extremely well-respected, and I don't think he needs any votes or awards to back that up. He's the longest-tenured manager in the National League, uh, which is also crazy and shows how much turnover there is in that position. But, yeah, I think, you know, you talk to any player um, about him, and they talk about what a great communicator he is, how empathetic he is with their lives, you know, on and off the field, you know, what a good friend he's become to so many of them, what a great resource he is. And then I think just his baseball instincts, you know, his career as a player is is something that is really remarkable. Um, And, you know, to win two World Series, I think there's he's been in every situation. And I think the players, you know, ultimately, that's what they respect the most.
2: Let me follow up to that, though, Sophia, because in some sports there's there's talk of how much the coach actually impacts the on the field performance. How much does a baseball manager actually impact? And maybe you know you could have argued before that it was different in the National League versus the American League. But how much does counsel on a night by night basis impact what actually happens on the field?
1: Yeah, look, I think it is different than other sports, right? It's not like he's you know calling plays, right? He's not. There's not a scripted. Uh, playbook there in baseball but i do think it's it's game decisions right it's it's how he makes decisions in games it's how he manages his pitching staff it's the decisions he makes of who's coming into the bullpen and putting guys in positions to succeed and i think it's also you know sometimes just using his own eyes of like hey this guy needs a mental day this guy needs a physical day um, matchups right so there is there, for as much information is involved and, and the analytics, and it, there's I mean, an entire staff of people involved in that um, to help with the prep for each game and each series, so much of baseball, is, it is still sometimes your intuition. It's still your gut. It's what you see with your eyes. Like I, I And I think that's where Craig is so good, um, of how he just manages the game and the, and the decisions he makes.
3: And it's incredible with counsel just because, I mean, just like his playing career was incredible. Like, this wasn't the position he was supposed to be in. He was in the front office. He was the assistant with Doug Melvin. It seemed like they were grooming him for a front office position. He was thrust into this, and now he is on a track to become the best manager in Brewer's history. It's just, it, again, I, I guess nobody should have doubted that Craig could do this, but it's just incredible because he was going to go one direction, and now here he is seven years into his managerial career.
1: Yeah, and look, I, I say all the time, like, Craig's baseball story, I think, is like a Disney movie. Um Just, you know, the, like the hometown kid, right, he goes on to Notre Dame, and now his college coach, Pat Murphy, is, has been with him the whole time, right, as his bench coach here with the Brewers and his dad working for the team and his memories, right, of, of growing up at County Stadium and being around all these iconic Brewers players. And then, you know, I feel like he's one of those people and players that, like, got the juice out of the squeeze right out, out of his talent in terms of the professional career that he put together um you know we were just in miami this weekend and they celebrated the 25th anniversary of the 1997 world series that was craig's rookie year and his hands are all over that world series right like scoring the or driving in the game tying run scoring the winning run in game seven he goes on to do the same thing with the diamondbacks it's like he has this Incredible career gets to play for his hometown team, and now, like he said, he's he's managing, and he's you know barring something crazy happening, um, you know he will be the winningest manager in Brewers history. So it's I could only imagine, honestly, if if the Brewers could get to a World Series um, and if they should win, I, to me that's like kind of the only piece that is missing in Craig's baseball life. I think that's what drives him the most is like the opportunity to do that. So it it really is like a really remarkable story.
0: Sophia, you were talking about analytics, and one of my son's friends is in the analytics department for the Mets, and he said Tampa Bay, hands down, has the Rays have the best analytics department in in uh, Major League Baseball, and, and we saw that kind of blow up in their face in the World, was it the World Series a couple of years ago, where one of the pitchers was having a day and they yanked them? Do do the, the Brewers rely on analytics that much, or do they use their gut?
1: Well, I mean, look, every, every team relies on analytics uh, in terms of, I mean, and it goes to how they draft players, um, player development, right? Um, even when they get to the major league level, right? Like, giving them information of, like, this is what you're good at. These are your areas where you need to improve. I think there's so much information and so much feedback that these players get all the time um but in terms of you know it's how their rosters are are assembled as well so i mean you you see it at every level of the organization um so there there's there's you still have to go out and perform right like the numbers can only give you so much information and then it's up to the players to take that out there and how they apply it and how they perform um and then the you know the decisions that Craig makes and the rest of the coaching staff makes of what the players need you know with that information so I think it's a lot of like, this is where the Brewers, I think, have become really good at this, is is taking the information and how can we relay it to the players in a way that makes sense to them, in a way that resonates with them, so that it is valuable to them and it is impactful and it does hopefully lead to better performance. Sophia
2: Minner from Valley Sports Wisconsin joining Jen Chewy as she does each and every Wednesday during the baseball season. Okay, Sophia, I want to pivot right now. Because I saw a story yesterday, and this was after I was hanging out with you, so I wasn't able to bring it up to you when we were chatting, but I guarantee it's something we would have discussed, okay? Listen to this.
1: Okay, A I'm couple ready.
2: in India are suing their son and daughter-in-law for not giving them grandchildren after six years of marriage. Are you in or are you out on the people saying, we raised you, we funded you, we put you through school, we paid for your wedding, we gave you a car, all we ask in return is for grandchildren and you have failed us. So we're suing you for
1: $635,000. Yeah, okay. For so how I much? I saw this story. Yeah, I saw that story. And I think it's <laughs> completely absurd. I also don't know... How you come up with the, the number, 635,000, but I would be all the way out on this to the point that I may never speak to my parents again if <laughs> they try to pull that move on me. Like, and I love my parents dearly. I really do. I love my parents dearly. And fortunately, I have parents who do not put that, that kind of pressure on me. Um, but if they tried to sue me, I honestly think it'd be like this is it. This is the end. There's no coming back from this. Like there's no amount of like grace or forgiveness in my heart for this. Like six hundred. Maybe I'm overreacting, but
0: I'm in that battle right now. What? what? Excuse me, with Angie. What? Because I have a 27 year old boy. He'll be 28 in November, and she's like, "When are you gonna visit grandkids?" And I'm like, "No, no. 28's oh, okay. too okay. early." Oh, so we fight. I, about see. That I see. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, 30-something, right? I mean,
2: my kid is mad at me because I won't let him date in seventh grade. You know well, what, what I mean? Like, it get, you just, So you're saying 27 years you know, old doesn't hurt. have kitten? Right, exactly. Like, we're protecting him. So almost, I think parents who set the standard. I had no parents who, of my friends who set a standard of you can't get married until you're 30. And if you wait until you're 30, all of this, whatever this nest egg is, whatever this money they've put aside, invested on their behalf, will be yours. But if you get married before you're 30, I keep it all. I keep it.
1: Wow.
3: Okay. It's kind of selfish. I mean, if yeah. you're if you're if you're saving up for your for the sole purpose of your kid's wedding, like just give the kid the money. Then. I think the
2: point is they don't think that they're emotionally mature enough at the age of twenty six, twenty seven, twenty eight, twenty nine. But at but 30 what's the, Wait
3: what's the difference Between 29 and 30 Like uh, all of a sudden Clocks switch over
2: You're 30 between 29 I don't like, think there's on. That much difference But you need to set A hard and fast point Right Justin I mean 30 my, just seems Like a good age
0: My guess would be Is those parents would say They have the knowledge And the child does There doesn't. you go so.
2: Bring it all back <laughs> uh, Sophia we appreciate you My voice is doing A weird thing right yeah, now Where it's kind of What's going on frog- <clears throat> It's frogging on me my voice is frogging on me. Too many cigs this you morning? Know, or what? You yeah. need
1: some throat coat,
2: Jen. I need some throat coat. <laughs> Sophia, we appreciate you hanging out with us. Thanks. We'll talk to you again soon. Have fun at the ballpark today. Thank you. Have a great day.